the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. Again, another edition here with Ryan Height. Happy to stand in as a guest uh, hosting the show today for Mr. Ed Martin, although he is actually with us a little bit. Uh, we've got a couple of good interviews today uh, that uh, Ed is going to be doing, but uh, glad to be stepping in here. Give us a little bit of a, a wind up into the show, and then I'll actually be back and we will wrap up the show together, you and I. And I am glad to be here with you today on this beautiful uh, mid part of the week. It is wonderful. And um, let me go ahead and remind you real quick. Before we dive into it today, uh, to head on over, ProAmericaReport.com, uh, also PhyllisSchlafly.com, those are the two places you can pick up uh, th- some very important things. First of all, uh, head on over, you'll be able to find the podcast and standalone segments and all of the uh, things here on the program if you missed it or if you want to go back and listen again or if you'd like to share it with someone, which uh, certainly would be very helpful. I mean, not just for us, but for uh, for America, really, to take this information and pass it on and start these discussions. That needs to happen. Go over there. You can do it. Uh, And then also while you're there, finding all of the past uh, standalone segments with guests and podcasts and links and resources, you can also sign up for our email list. And every day, 7 a.m. Central Time, all the other time zones at the same time, you will receive the daily wink email, what you need to know. And out of a host of uh, really good morning and daily brief emails from other uh, organizations that are worthwhile, we like to have and maintain one of the shortest ones, which really does pack a punch gives you a few links some stories that you need to know about including uh, several we try to make it that aren't just getting covered in the mainstream if you turn on the news so they'll be helpful to you but then also a couple of other good little resources in there go sign up for the email address you uh, email list uh, give us your address we will not sell it trade it spam it uh, any of those things we will take care of it and we will make sure we take care of you with good information each and every morning straight to your inbox uh, so proamericareport.com head on over there and find out what's going on sign up but we got a little bit to get into here today. We have uh, some good interviews, some very good interviews that I'm looking forward to. Well, I say they're good; I'm, they always are. I'm, I'm, I'm projecting here, but I think that uh, I think that I'm not too far off base. So I'm glad to have those uh, going on here. But there, there's a little bit that's uh, happening. You've probably heard some of the big news today. Uh, one of the things, which of course uh, we'll we'll address. Actually, I might want to come back and talk about this briefly in the wrap up. Uh, um, Representative Kevin McCarthy announced that he is retiring, not going to run again. Uh, 
um, which uh, is probably surprising to some and very unsurprising to others. We'll just leave it there, though. Uh, that's some big news of the day, leaving Congress, actually. Uh, I say not running again. He's leaving Congress by the end of the month. Um, and then there's a lot of other stories that are going on around here. But I wanted to bring it in to one thing that we noticed in the news today. I think there's something very important to talk about here. And uh, I really do believe that uh, there is uh, a particular uh, problem of transparency uh, and understanding of what is or isn't needed. And and it it kind of revolves in some delicate um, uh, balances that we have here. But uh, let me let me bring this up. So uh, here's here's what you need to know. Transparency must be king. Transparency must be our highest goal. Transparency must be one of the most important things that we pursue right now in the political debate in America. And and let me tell you why I say that. Uh, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson, our new speaker, uh, has uh, put forward that he intends to um, blur the faces of protesters on the uh, January footage. uh, Excuse me. Let me let me start this back because it's a it's a little bit off in the weeds, but. I think I'm going to wrap it around here to something that that you might agree with me on. Um, Speaker Johnson has said that in this released footage of January 6th that that has come out, I know we talked about this just recently here, uh, they're going to blur the faces of protesters in an effort to try to protect them from the Department of Justice, and also to protect them from online sleuths looking to expose the identities of the protesters. Obviously, so many of them have already been uh, mistreated, persecuted, thrown in jail. Uh, they're still dealing with this, some of these folks. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a ra- it's a very rational point when you think of it. Well, we don't want any more people to be persecuted from this. So let's make sure and blur their faces to hide the identities of them. Uh, and I understand. But here's the thing. Uh, the Department of Justice already has the raw footage. They've already got these tapes. So, you know, you're not hiding them from the government. You may be hiding them from some other sleuths and private individuals who are going to try to hamper and hang up uh, some of these folks. But it, it, they already have the tapes at the DOJ. So protecting them from the DOJ is not exactly uh, going to be uh, any part of this move. Uh, but I tell you what will be hampered is our own sleuthing, our own looking. Um, The government has operated in a complete lack of transparency as to how many, if if, uh, you know, how many, if any, but how many, I think is the real question, federal agents were involved in the protests. This is not a conspiracy theory any longer. There is far enough credible evidence of uh, agents in the mix here for us to question and want to know about that. So blurring the faces really removes the possibility of our continuing to find out the transparency of that day of January 6, 2021, Uh, which one of the questions Ed has talked about this quite a bit uh, and this is a question like who is mr coffee who are the gallows gang or is the gallows gang is are well someone will come along i'm sure and correct me there but we've we've talked about this that there's there is camera footage that shows this very mysterious and the now infamous gallows being erected early in the morning long before any of the um trump protesters or marchers or the people uh, for the event down at the white house or what happened at the capitol any long before any of them 
them were out on the streets. Uh, there was this team, the Gallows Gang, that came and constructed this. Obviously, it's uh, not a real gallows that was intended to hang people and bear weight. It was a symbolic thing. But sure enough, that symbolic uh, gallows has been used across the world by media uh, and in their photographs to represent the anger and the uh, narrative that has been built around this day as some sort of armed insurrection, which at this point we now know it, it was nothing even remotely close to that. So who is the Gallows Gang? Who is Mr. Coffee, this mysterious man who walked all the way down to a coffee shop across from the FBI building, no less, to get coffee early in the morning? We've got him on tape, uh, but w- where else are they? Where? Who else are, is there? Where are all of these people in the crowd on these tapes of January 6th? Um, I, I understand exactly why many people would see the benefit in blurring faces and trying to protect folks from uh, further persecution. But I tell you what, at at this point, I I would say that transparency is the ultimate goal, is the victory here. The Department of Justice already has what they have, uh, but we've got to fight back against what they, they aren't releasing, what they aren't talking about, what they aren't admitting, what they have spent years trying to distract and mislead and move us around uh, to not see. Uh, I would I would caution very much against uh, this kind of move because I think that it comes at great expense um, of we the people. And I think that we the people deserve full transparency about what happened on January 6th. So I understand where Speaker Johnson is coming from, but I think that there uh, are other things that we must consider. And in fact, that's, uh, that's one of the big uh, reasons. If you haven't been there, by the way, uh, go to openink. Uh, dot, or oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, open.ink slash J6. That's open.ink, I-N-K, forward slash J6. There you will find uh, a really good video and uh, the entire uh, point, the entire investigation moving down this, this who is Mr. Coffee, uh, who are the Gallows Gang. And this is really just kind of a first installment in a series of questions that we the people have about the transparency of this day. Uh, so I think that uh, I think that the well-meaning uh, limitation of the tools and evidence of that day uh, to protect we the people, I think that, that that could be a very dangerous hampering of our number one tool we have to potentially fight back against uh, the powerful people who have pushed a narrative against us now for years, us being the political dissidents to their uh, authoritarianism, to their giant bureaucratic administrative state um, to the people who want to keep uh, hidden in the shadows of unelected government. Uh, this, I think, is a great tool of ours, and I'd hate to see that hampered. So um, there there you go. That's something that hit the news today that didn't really get out that far um, as far as uh, Kevin McCarthy's resigning uh, from Congress. But I think that this needs to be covered. I think it's an important point to talk about and to say, hold on, I, I, I don't think we should uh, tie our own hands here behind our back uh, on the, you know, sacrifice that ability uh, we have to review the tapes uh, on the altar of trying to protect uh, our own people. I understand the point, but the DOJ already has it, and we covered that yesterday. The DOJ is very willing to throw people in prison already. They have. They will continue to do so, and this doesn't affect uh, their holding of the tapes whatsoever. So uh, I, think that we, uh, I think that we ought to pursue transparency. That's what you need to know. Transparency has to be king uh, in this country. Uh, there cannot be any other major goal right now for we the people to regain our 
our uh, place as citizens, our responsibility, our duties, our rights as citizens against a behemoth government. Uh, we must have transparency. So that's what you need to know. Stick around. We've got a great show coming up here. A great show again. Uh, Kenneth Raposo will be with us. Nan Sue, a couple of really good uh, writers, journalists, authors are going to be here. And you won't want to miss it. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Find all of the podcast standalones and the resources. And be right here after the break for the Pro America Report. We'll talk to you in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, our old friends at the Epic Times, uh, the unbelievable work uh, that they do, um, research, uh, reporting, um, and they talk about issues that most people uh, just don't spend much time talking about. It's a wonderful service. And and one of their reporters is Nan Su, who's uh, over there and is an investigative reporter in particular focused on um, what's happening uh, in, in China itself and also with the military. And uh, welcome, sir. First of all, we were talking off air about the South China Sea. A lot of Americans don't realize their geography and what's happening. Talk about what you're seeing and what it means in terms of China's uh, activity uh, there in the South China Sea, please. Oh, yeah. The tension between China and Philippines uh, in the uh, past few weeks uh, have been really escalating. Now, uh, there's a couple areas. One area is around uh, the so-called second Thomas Soul. Soul. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's a reef. That's a name yes. of the reef. Uh, so uh, there's, a, a, you know, uh, the Chinese uh, uh, coast, uh, coastal patrol ships has been really running uh uh has been really you know uh, uh trying to uh uh going around with uh, uh supply ships sent by Philippines to send uh, uh, their supplies to to the area and also in another Witsang reef you know that's another territory water dispute area that uh, uh last week uh, china sent 135 Malaysia ships over there. Uh, that's incredible. A uh, uh, a number of ships. Uh, uh, Philippine government never saw that before. Mm. And and the uh, U.S. Uh, the U.S. Uh, what was the how is this called? Uh, U.S. A comeback ship. Yeah, that's the name of the the, the type of ship. A comeback ship. It's called uh, Gabriel uh, Giffords. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, trying to uh, protect, uh, trying to uh, protect the uh, freedom of navigation, and they, they south there. It, it, it's a routine. Uh, it's a routine uh, journey uh, that's going through over there, just to show that we are our interest is to protect freedom of navigation. But Chinese uh, um, uh, military openly criticize. The U.S. Uh, comeback ships uh, mm. illegal, illegally, illegally enter uh, China's water. So that's uh, what happened last week. Uh, we're, we're talking again with uh, one of our uh, friends, uh, reporters, investigative reporter over at the Epic Times. It's theepictimes.com is the website. I'm a member there. I, I enjoy so much the coverage. They also do a lot of video work and uh, NTD, their uh, sister site uh, with videos. And and our guest is Nansu, investigative reporter. All right. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, what is the story 
What is the truth? What are the facts you're hearing about the outbreak in China? Uh, of is it is it pneumonia? Is it a virus? Why we've seen sort of varying reports, and do what do we really know? We we do not know enough to know what's going to identify what's going on. The Chinese government say there's uh, there's no unknown pathogens found. And that was the same story 2003 uh, when there was a SARS outbreak and 2020 when there was a, a COVID outbreak. Uh, so they always say that. So, but however, we do know it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of children's uh, being sick. Uh, Beijing's children's hospitals, uh, daily uh, cases of children. Uh, it's like uh, more than 7,000 cases and the Tianjin, another city that's near Beijing, they're, they, they have seen like uh, one hospital one day, more than 13,000, uh, children, uh, went to the hospital and parents have to wait like somewhere between 24, 24 to 32 hours before, uh, their children even being treat, uh, receive treatment from the hospital. So that that and you know, it it doesn't make sense. Basically, people don't trust Beijing's explanation because if it's a common cold, nothing uncommon, then it should be the same behavior. The statistics should stay the same as uh, the previous years. But they never saw that kind of outbreak before, and they say, well, there's not nothing uncommon. It's um is the uh, what what is the reporting that you get out for something like that when you you, you know you now uh, after these you know a couple decades the Epic Times has lots of sources but when you say we don't really know uh, how how do we know what we do know? Well, we do know that uh, you know uh, uh, we have our reporters inside that uh, China we know what's going on but. Uh, 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 we have been told that uh, we, uh, the doctors and people working in hospitals, they say they receive in specific instructions from the government. Do not talk about statistic. So you, you know, if there's no statistic uh, provide uh, to you, uh, and you only see, you know, this explosive number of uh, of children being sick. Uh, you don't know the real reason. And WHO wants China to give more information, and China say nothing uncommon. Hmm. It's uh, it's incredible to uh, to wonder how. What is what is, what are you um what is what are your sources saying on the economy? We see a lot of back and forth uh, in terms of the Chinese com uh, the uh, the economy there. What what are you hearing? What maybe is closer to the truth? Well, uh, China's uh, uh, real estate is collab- collapsing. That's uh, absolutely correct. And then their uh, uh, big cities, it's like uh, uh, 30% even more uh, a price drop. They're like uh, uh, smaller cities, like some of the smaller c- cities, more than 50% cl- uh, price drop. So that's uh, just from last year to this year. And and what's the uh, what is that what what will that mean? I mean, is there is there is it is it will it be inst uh, will it cause instability in the government? I mean, is there is there? I mean, a lot of people, uh, American uh, commentators will say, oh, the the Chinese regime is panicked. I, I I don't I never think that that's likely. 
Well, which only make a Chinese Communist regime much more dangerous. Because mm. uh, 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 the way to keep their own ruling power is all—it's always, you know, it's—it's uh, always to create some sort of tension between Chinese government and uh, its neighbors around. This year, just like uh, last month, China pro- uh, publishes a new national map, which you know, uh, which right after the map is published, the eight countries, eight neighboring countries around China protesting against China. That's India, Malaysia, Indonesia, Wenlai, Vietnam, Taiwan, uh, South Korea, uh uh, was one, was one more, uh, Japan. Uh, so, so because China basically claim everybody's, uh, uh, land or sea, you know, to, uh, to, to China's sovereignty. So that's, that's, uh, you know, the kind of a behavior that the Chinese government try to create the tensions. It's really to, uh, shift their internal tension, you know, uh, to outside. It um it is uh that's that's the worry and and how how um with your perspective and insight how likely is uh, one of the ways they need to change the uh, focus uh, military action and that's what people often will say well um you know move on Taiwan because they want to distract I I feel like that's less likely than than uh, more likely. Uh, well, we we never know, and we need to be ready. Right, uh, right now, Taiwan is facing clear and present danger. You know what Chinese government trying to going after is not only Taiwan. You know, it's mm. the entire South China Sea. Uh, Taiwan, except its uh, top top of line uh, semiconductor chips manufacturing that we really need, because Taiwan. Uh, actually manufacture more than 90% of the uh, semiconductor chip of the entire right. world and more than 70% of the advanced the semiconductor chips in the world. Now, also, if China, uh, Chinese government actually take over control of Taiwan, it will have a dominant control of South China Sea. And if once the Chinese regime have that capacity, they Chinese regime will be able to do four things. Number one, it will choke the economic lifeline of Japan because Japan's island nation, right. its resources, its trade <laughs> all need to go through South China Sea. And then you will have uh, a lot more weight on the, uh, the the global economy because close to 40% of, of the global trade, which was total 10 trillion each year, need to go through South China Sea. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and- uh, Nansu, unfortunately, I'm out of time. I, I'm sorry. I have a hard break. I have to. Uh, uh, Nansu, uh, uh, investigative uh, reporter at the Epic Times. We'll have him back. It's very helpful for kind of China reports. So thank you for that. We have to take a break. I'll put a link up on social media, uh, too, to his uh, writings over there. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Again, my listeners know this, Ken. Our next guest is Kenneth Raposa, and he is a a journalist who has uh, written and lived all over the world. Uh, Everything from uh, written in the USA Today and and every uh, the the nation, Salon.com in the back in the glory days of Salon. And he has a perspective particularly on America and the globalists and what's happening in terms of competition. And so welcome back, Ken. How are you? 
Hey, thanks for having me back, Ken. I shouldn't do that to you. I shouldn't say Ken. Ken, it's Kenneth Raposa. I don't know if you no, like no, to be called. No, you can call me Ken. Ken. Okay, Ken, Ken, good. Ken, <laughs> is my, Ken is my big boy name. That's my, <laughs> All that's right. my, and it's interesting in, in the in the introduction to me because I haven't written for a salon since the '90s, and and like now, if if you know the typical salon reader would read me, and their head would explode. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. Think I was I was a maggot. <laughs> like that. Exactly. Know, the, that's why the world is so interesting because you're right. Back then, salon was actually just a trailblazer. Now it's. It uh, uh, you know, it's 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 lunatics. Um, and so I should have said the Wall Street Journal, but that makes our people wonder who's who's Ken Raposa. What's he going to do? All right. So now, listen, you were saying off the air, this is a fantastic point. And this is right in Phyllis Schlafly. My old boss is the late Phyllis Schlafly's wheelhouse in terms of the kingmakers and the globalists and what you see. And so explain to our listeners the the insight you have and where you see things playing out. Sure. Well, I think the best picture to describe the battle that's at stake between China and the United States, which really was brought to the fore in the Trump years, was on full display at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Meeting in San Francisco two weeks ago. Uh And I'm not talking about how the San Francisco government was finally able to clean the streets because Xi Jinping came to town. Right. Now I'm sure the streets are back to the glory days of what they looked like before Xi came. Right. I'm talking about the $40,000 a plate dinner yep. with Xi Jinping, where the likes of Tim Cook and Elon Musk and other masses of the universe from Silicon Valley were there to greet him. And they gave him a standing ovation. Yep. So. The reason they give she a standing ovation is because she is talking about, hey, guys, let's hug it out. Let's stop this trade war. Let's stop this battle, these export restrictions that we got going on. And let's go back to the good old days. We're all in business. We want to we want to do business together. And that's what these guys who gave she a standing ovation want. They want to go back to the pre-trade war days, the pre-Trump days, and they want to hug it out with Xi. And this is an advantage to Xi and also for these elite established business leaders of the country, because to them, China was always where it was at until, of course, Trump came to town and put a wrench in that machine. And for China, this is a great play as well, because when you sign a peace deal, so to speak, and end the trade war, all sudden, all those guys who gave Xi a standing ovation, who some may call traitors to the United States, would just move everything offshore again. Again. They would invest money into China, which they're not doing now because of geopolitics. All yep. the money that Biden spent on the Inflation Reduction Act to throw money at solar and EV battery makers, gone. Why? Why would I need to make a solar panel? And I say, I'll just import it from my best friends in China. Why does, why does Ford need to contract Cato, a, a Chinese company, to make uh, car batteries for its Ford Lightning when they could just have them made in China? Why am I paying guys in Detroit? Why am I paying Detroit union workers, you know, 20 bucks an hour? I'll get it made in China for five. What, why? Right. What's the point? Well, the point is they do that because they get tax subsidies and they get breaks and, and there's political risk. But if, there's, if all that's gone, which is what she obviously wants and what those standing O guys obviously want, there's no need to make any of those things here. So in the battle between Beijing and Washington, it's really what I say, two against one. You have Washington on one side, you have Beijing on the other. And in the corner of Beijing is Silicon Valley, Wall Street, and the titans of American industry who are rooting as much for China, if not more so, than they are for us plebs here in the United well, States. And Ken Raposa is our guest. He's an industry analyst, among other things, a journalist, uh, too, I mentioned. But he uh, industry analyst over at the Coalition for a Prosperous America, which is an, an organization that promotes, specifically represents American manufacturers and producers. And you can hear that in, in his uh, perspective, saying, hey, what's going on here? Um, Ken, uh, a couple things here. One, has the Biden administration been able to turn off the terror? 
tariffs and the sort of protectionism, if that's what you want to call it, but the 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 idea of bringing work, uh, bringing uh, uh, American jobs back, have they been able to stop that because the, in these couple of years, or is it are they slowing it? In other words, is is the 2024 election coming soon enough to keep us, if you believe in American manufacturing, to keep us in, in that in what Trump started? Okay, two things. I will say that the Biden administration, for all that's been said about him as being, you know, in China's back pocket and so on, and though he's obviously thrown China some bones for sure, he has kept with the Trump policy. So we have the Section 301 tariffs, which is what Trump imposed, some $300 billion worth of Chinese goods that were tariffed. Those are still in place. There will be some exemptions, right? So there might be, and again, some people will, uh, uh, you know, some people who are really pro-tariff, including uh, my organization, will will complain about that. But in reality, there's so many products that are tariffed. So it might be something like, oh, this uh, two-cylinder, you know, gas-powered motor. Right. Right. For like a, a, a... a leaf blower. I mean, you know, right, maybe they're, right. they're not made in the United States. They're, yep. they're just, we don't make them here. We all make them in China. So there was a tariff right now. So there might come a point where the U.S. trade representative says, we don't need tariffs on those anymore because the Americans companies never decided to make those in all these years. And so right. forget, it. let's just get rid of them. So that, that might happen under Biden in, in the months ahead. But overall, the big tariffs remain. Um, you also had cases against Chinese solar companies that were at first favorable for the Chinese, but now seem to be, you know, more or less in favor of of the United States manufacturing, meaning U.S. base, right? Because a lot of companies that produce solar here are actually Chinese companies, to be honest. Um, And of course, under Biden, you had capital market restrictions. So Trump started that, whereas if you're a BlackRock, you couldn't invest in a, you know, a missile manufacturer in China, which made sense. You could not do that. Uh, Trump said you couldn't. Believe it or not, Wall Street was investing in those companies, right? right? Now now you can't. Biden maintained that and added some names to it. And Biden also increased some export restrictions. So if you're Intel and you want to sell a computer hardware, computer hardware to Huawei or whatever, you have to ask permission from commerce. Commerce 90% of the time says, okay, you can do it, but the restrictions are still there, you know? Uh- so, I so, mean, you know, we, could, we could say that Biden has kept has kept that it, it, uh, kept that tack, right? He's right. kept the same tack as as, as Trump. Um, our guest is uh, Ken Raposa. Again, he's an industry analyst, especially uh, among other things, and a journalist at the Coalition for a Prosperous America. Um, does the um, is China's economy in trouble? I, I mean, we hear that every now and then. People say it's in trouble, yeah. but it, it, mm-hmm. it, they have control over it. It's not that's not a that's not a true story. Look, Chinese economy is absolutely in trouble. And let me tell you a, a few of the reasons why it's in trouble. The United States has, because of the tariffs, a lot of companies, including Mr. Tim Cook, are looking to move their manufacturing outside of China instead. Some right. companies that you and I have never heard of, they're just some widget maker or whatever it may be, have and they, they've talked to their Chinese contractor and the Chinese contractor that makes the widget said, well, I don't want to be imposed with these tariffs. I don't want to be imposed with these export bans because of the Uyghur Forced Labor Act. Right. For example. Right. right how right. about if I how about if you we make the product in my factory in Vietnam? Right. OK. Yep. So China. So that's that's great for that particular Chinese contractor. His his business is still maybe doing well. It's still his company. Right. It's 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 Ken and Ed's company in, in Guangzhou. But <laughs> now the 500 workers we had making that widget, they're not doing that anymore because it's all unless they move to Vietnam. 
Right. That's all Vietnamese guys doing it. So there is a big problem in China with that. And you will look at even with the Chinese trade deficit, I mean, the U.S.-China trade deficit is even a little smaller, still uh-huh. high. It's going to end the year at about 380, 400 billion. So still very high. But um, it's it's come down, you know. And so you're looking at, let's say you trimmed 30, 40 billion off that trade deficit. Well, one of the reasons for that is because a lot of companies are now sourcing from Vietnam and Mexico instead of China. That's a great loss to China. And we all know that the number one thing that matters to the Chinese Communist Party is full employment. We don't care if you're making stuff, making a widget, and you just throw it in a pile in a shed and no one buys it. We don't care. What we care about is that you're working. You're working, yeah. Yeah, then let's not forget too, Ed. Right, you had you had all during these COVID years. China was insane with COVID, right? They had the right. zero COVID policy, where a lot of times you had lockdowns at ports and lockdowns in in Shanghai. And so, if you're you're a contractor and you're ordering a product from there, you're saying, "I can't rely on these guys anymore. I got to get it from somewhere else." Let's let's just try Vietnam. So so China ended up shooting themselves in the foot also hmm. with COVID. You know, and then of course you got yeah. the story, which is another. All right, Ken. I'm unfortunately I'm out of time. Ken Repose, I've got to go. I got him up against a break. I'll get yelled at by the producer. Uh, and uh, I will put up on social media a link. Prosperousamerica.org is where uh, the Coalition for a Prosperous America has a bunch of resources. Again, it's uh, Ken Raposa uh, and uh, a great insight, that idea that it's two against one, China and uh, Wall Street slash Silicon Valley versus uh, we the people. Uh, interesting. Uh, uh, and Ken says he's going to write about that. So we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When Judge Tanya Chutkin wrongfully placed President Donald Trump under a gag order, the integrity of our entire election system and our judicial system were threatened in one fell swoop. A gag order is a type of prior restraint which in other contexts would be presumptively invalid under Supreme Court precedents. Trump immediately vowed to appeal the gag order, correctly pointing out that the order interferes with democracy. Judge Chutkin has repeated the mantra over and over again that Trump will not be treated any differently from any other defendant. But no other defendant is constantly and unfairly vilified by the liberal media as Donald Trump is. Judge Chutkin made no effort to censor any of Trump's critics, yet unconstitutionally prohibited Trump from defending himself as he campaigns for president. As you might expect, the delusional deep state immediately began plotting to imprison Trump for supposedly violating an unlawful restraint on his speech. The gag order immediately harmed all Americans by interfering with Trump's campaign. Judge Chutkin took an oath to uphold the Constitution. And that includes protecting the First Amendment rights of Donald Trump and all Americans. The weaponization of the federal government against Trump and others is an issue in the presidential campaign. And all Americans have a First Amendment right to hear what Trump has to say about it. An impartial presiding judge is essential to due process. Yet the Obama appointed judge praised the prosecutors of Trump as public servants who are simply doing their jobs and displayed her bias in favor of a team of prosecutors who were just admonished by a different federal judge in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Judge Chutkin is wrong to preside over Trump's case while praising and defending the prosecutors. Jack Smith, the taxpayer-funded and biased prosecutor who has wasted many millions on interfering with the political process, may dislike being criticized, but the First Amendment requires allowing it. 
For Donald Trump and others who would be targeted by powerful people for speaking unapologetically, impartiality must be restored to our federal courts. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back here to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height. A couple of great interviews there. Kenneth Raposa and Nan Sue, really, really good. Uh, but I wanted to come back real quick and take some time before we closed out to the show, uh, the show to bring you a another story that I think you need to know about, something else that happened that is um, potentially important. I think it's maybe not some big linchpin moment, uh, but breaking today, I think, is uh, something we should talk about. But uh, let me, before we dive into that, though, let me remind you, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, both our Wednesday. Uh, and our guest segments today are going to be there. Uh, we're going to have uh, great resources, links to all the books and the articles that were mentioned, some of the research that's going on. Also, to get straight to those guests, uh, you'll find uh, everything there, including our podcasts and standalones. Head on over. You can sign up for the email, too, and get that into your inbox every morning, the Wink email, 7 a.m. Central Time, and all the other time zones concurrently. Uh, it will come to you and be of great use. But let's dive into it here. There's a, there's a couple of things going on, and you may think I'm going to come back and talk about Kevin McCarthy resigning which is the other big news story that everyone talked about today, leaving Congress by the end of the month. Uh, but that's not here. What that's not what I'm here to talk about. But I think more than that, there's another uh, there's another article that I'd like to draw your attention to here over at pjmedia.com. I'll put this on social media. I'll also make sure we get it posted in the show notes. But an election has been overturned down in Louisiana due to shenanigans. One of my favorite words. I love that word, shenanigans. We need more people to say it. But uh, a Louisiana Supreme Court justice has overturned the results of an election last month, November 18th, a runoff election that was decided by one single vote. And it kind of seems like a small potatoes thing. This is what they're saying here in the uh, article. And I would tend to say the same thing. But it really is quite possibly incredibly important because when you start diving into this story, it's a it's a, a an election between uh, two individuals for the position of the Caddo Cado Caddo Parish Sheriff. It's a sheriff's race, a uh, Democrat and a Republican running against each other. Henry Whitehorn, the Democrat, and John Nicholson, the Republican, and uh, the Democrat prevailed by a single vote. But along the way, there were a lot of problems in the election, and uh, these candidates talked about. It is, in fact, a small election, uh, a one-vote margin, and only 43,000 votes cast. So... Here's the deal. We talk quite a bit about this on the Pro-America Report uh, when we dive into election issues, election security and integrity. And I tell you what, uh, this is such an easy thing to act, you know, overblow. That, oh, the stolen election. You can run really far if you're not careful without just backing it up uh, every step of the way. Likewise, so many people have just dismissed that possibility um, in an equally uh, not prudent manner. And I think that there's a real good opportunity here in this small little window to take this case of something that is very countable, very recountable, very examinable with only 43,000 votes and say, hold on, here's a good case study. 
what happened, what did not go well, and let's examine this and actually go through some things. Because sure enough, um, there were some crazy things that happened. In some of the small samples of ballots that were inspected, uh, many of them uh, were not signed at all. There were no signatures on the certificate like they're supposed to be. Um, And all sorts of stuff that are all these same kinds of things we heard from several key counties in several key states in 2020. And a recount was performed. It added three new votes to each candidate's tally uh, and still coming out with a single vote victor. But this suit alleges that there are so many irregularities that need to be examined before this is Decided. In fact, uh, they said that they were proven beyond any doubt. And, and again, I'm, I'm quoting from what some of the, each of the sides have said here, that at least 11, excuse me, 11 illegal votes were cast and counted and they've been found out. So uh, there are definitely some irregularities that exist. There are so many problems. We've written about them a ton over at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagle side of the work that we do. Ballot harvesting, mail-in balloting. Oh my goodness. It just the the Dropbox ballot mail-in system uh, leaves so much room for error. And if we are not willing to take the time to check all of those, or if uh, bad actors are not willing to let us check all of them, we can have no confidence that these elections are in fact free or fair or represent the will of the voters in each of these elections. So this is a really important step. What is happening here? This individual, uh, this candidate that has filed suit and has gotten an overturn of the election results, it is sorely needed that we stand up and say, wait a minute, this was a flawed election. There are flaws in the in the system. I'm not wanting the court to hand me a victory. What I'm wanting the court to do is honestly and transparently look at every single one of these ballots and verify that every legal vote has been counted and illegal votes have been thrown out. No more shenanigans. And we need courageous judges to rule on those correctly and to move forward in making sure that the elections are run correctly and that the we the people have a restored confidence in the process. That's exactly what's happening is uh, there are just destruction to the process and to our confidence in it from coast to coast. And it's high time that we start having some judges that are courageous and some candidates that are courageous as well to say, nope, nope, no more unfair uh, losses in the elections. It's time to go back and do everything the right way and not accept flawed results that we see are flawed, but no one says we can, you know, everyone says we can't go back and look at it. So uh, take a look at it. This uh, this potentially uh, watershed moment, I, I mean, I might be hyping it up a little bit there, but a watershed moment of saying, nope, we're not going to do it that way. And a judge saying, yeah, you're right, we can't. And overturning an election result. So go check it out. This is something we need in America, something we need coast to coast. And I'm glad that we get to uh, share it here with you on the Pro-America Report. So I'll close there. Thank you uh, so much to Ed for hosting a couple of great interviews today. Thank you to Mason, my co-producer, for helping me keep the trains on time. And thank you to you, as always, for listening, for sharing, and for being a part of this Pro-America Report community. We are so grateful for you, and we look forward to talking to you again here on the Pro-America Report tomorrow. Come on back, and in the meantime, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Have a good night, everybody. Three 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.